What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Zach Attacks. We are doing New Music Friday again. It is May 26, 2023, and this week was not nearly as exciting as last week, but there were still some good releases this week, um, mainly a bunch of normie shit. Like, you know, I want to talk about, like, metal and pop punk and all those type of things, but on this one, we're going to really focus on a lot of uh, mainstream music, so we're going to talk about five singles today, and then we're going to talk about just one album this week. It's about half of what I talked about last week, but, you know, we're only going to talk about what really seems noteworthy, and um, here we go. So, the first track that we're going to talk about, we're going to do the songs first, then the album. We're talking about Taylor Swift and Ice Spice's remix of Karma. So, Karma was originally a track on Taylor Swift's album, Midnight's. And the thing is, is, like, both of them are just so relevant right now. Like, every stop on Taylor Swift's tour right now, people are talking about everything that's going on, all the different reactions. I know that when she came to Philly, there were, like, a crazy amount of people that I knew that went, but then also there were people that just stayed in the parking lot, you know? They couldn't get a ticket, they didn't want to pay the whatever price it was to get a top row ticket so they decided you know what we're just gonna hang out in the parking lot we'll get to hear all the songs so i think that was a pretty pretty cool idea but that just goes to show how big she is because you know nobody's doing that for anybody else so she already dropped a deluxe version of her album midnights and it was called the 3am edition and now she dropped today the till dawn edition of the album and you know i used to be a bit of a taylor swift hater but you could check out my podcast on Taylor Swift that I did probably about two years ago now. You know, I looked at a whole bunch, I broke down a whole bunch of different stuff about Taylor Swift, and honestly, through doing a bunch of research on her, I really started to like her a lot more. Personally, I think that the album Midnight's is like the most accessible thing she's ever put out, probably the thing that I've listened to the most without just wanting to see what the hype of the new Taylor Swift album was. The intro with Taylor starts off pretty good in the song, but the song has like a really cringy chorus to me. Like, Karma is a cat purring in my lap because it loves Loves me, And then she says she's flexing like a goddamn acrobat. Like, I don't know. There's some stuff that Taylor says on this song that just doesn't hit as well as she does on some of the other songs. Like, Taylor can deliver those punchlines, but sometimes stuff just comes off a little flat. And I think that the chorus to this song did, and I think that kind of brings it down a little bit. But Ice Spice's verse is pretty good on this song. I listened to all of her music in like a day one time just because I wanted to see what all the hype was about. And I listened to most of the catalog, and I thought... God damn, this is shit. But, like, her image is really good. Like, obviously, she's attractive. Like, I see why she's getting so big, but the songs just really aren't there for me yet. And this song is even going to get her more attention. I'm sure it's probably still going to be a hit, even if it is kind of corny. I mean, like, Karma is my bestie. Karma is my boyfriend. I don't know. I, I don't really fuck with it, but... You know, people that are super into her, super into this album, like, it's Taylor Swift. We know it's going to still get all the attention. All right, and then track number two from this week is by David. It's off his new EP, Petals to Thorns. Song's called The Bridge. He's really interesting. So, David got famous off of making videos of himself playing Fortnite. And now he's this big deal singer, you know, that's the power of TikTok. But he's a really interesting artist. He has a song, Romantic Homicide, that got super huge. Another TikTok song. And, um, yeah, that one got my attention, so I definitely wanted to check out this EP. I'm not going to talk about the whole thing, but The Bridge was a standout track. It was the first one I heard of the new songs from the EP so far. And, you know, it's got this pop vibe to it, but also, like, it has band instrumentals that really make it have that rock sound, too. Uh, The lyrics are really poppy, kind of emo. It's cool that, like, 
you could see the influences from all of these like emo bands and what the pop music's doing now. Like you can't tell me that there isn't like an early Fallout Boy kind of influence in what he's doing. Track number three, Dance the Night by Dula Lipa for the Barbie movie soundtrack. If you've heard a Dula Lipa song, you know what this song's gonna sound like, and that makes it kind of perfect for the Barbie soundtrack. Like, it has the same vibe as her whole last album, Future Nostalgia, which was, like, pretty perfect pop album. Like, it kind of hits all the different marks. Like, it could be, like, an 80s pop album. It could be a current pop album. And I think it's really cool what Dua Lipa's been able to do in that kind of realm now. Like, there's no new artist doing just, like, straight-up pop music, I think, as well as Dua Lipa is. And, you know, Barbie movie is a perfect place for that. I hope that movie's weird as fuck. I mean, Margot Robbie, I feel like, is still the perfect Barbie. And, you know, having Ryan Gosling as Ken's a pretty cool combo. I hope that movie just, like, makes fun of itself all over the place. It looks like it's going to. It took me forever to be able to figure out what the Barbie movie was going to be rated. But it looks like it's going to be PG-13. Maybe there was, like, some rumors that maybe it was going to be R. Who knows? I, I would have guessed anything from PG to R. But I really think that this Dua Lipa track and the movie are both going to probably be really successful and feed into each other. So I think it's a really good combo. This track's definitely going to be memorable. Then track number four for this week, we have uh, Beyonce and Kendrick Lamar with uh, the remix for America Has a Problem. So this song originally came out on Beyonce's Renaissance album. I did not listen to the whole thing. There's a couple tracks on it I do really enjoy, but overall I'm not like a huge Beyonce fan. I actually got the chance to see her twice at the Made in America Festival in Philly. I always just think it's funny that I got to see her with so many other great artists for such a cheap price, and people pay like, you know, those Taylor Swift ticket prices to go see Beyonce. And um, so anyway, like Kendrick sounds great on the track. I think he's a great addition. He has a lot of really good lines in it. I mean, he switches up his flow and does the thing that Kendrick's best best at on a track with Beyonce. So obviously that's going to be successful. He says like, yeah, B, America's got a problem. You know, like he definitely feeds into like the themes of the song. He says that AI is going to have to practice to be able to make a Kendrick track. Because, like, you know, obviously, like, AI Drake tracks are, like, a huge thing right now. Like, AIs are making songs for people. But, you know, Kendrick really is unique in that way. And I think that was a great line. And he says, after Hove, rifle so, towards the end of his verse, you know, saying, like, I'm the best after Hove. I mean, like, personally, I think Kendrick's better than Hove. But I did think that that was a good line. You know, but he's on a track with... You know, Ho's Girl, so, you know, fitting line for the track. Thinking about, like, what Beyonce means by America has a problem. It's not really that deep. Like, it seems like love and drug drugs are kind of the problem from what the track talks about. I mean, Beyonce kind of, like, has a more rappy vibe on the track than, like, one of her R&B tracks. Um, making Kendrick an even better fit, but, like, it's not too deep. Beyonce saying that she's hot and desirable and that America has a problem because those are the things that people are going to have power from. It also samples Kilo Ali's uh, 1990 track, America Has a Problem, in parentheses, cocaine. So, like, drugs and desire and, like, falling into those type of things is definitely where Beyonce's going with the track. I thought it was going to be a little bit more heated from the album art, but all around really solid track. Do I think it's going to be, like, something that everybody's going to be listening to? Probably not, just simply because it's, like, a remix. Could be surprised, but, you know, Kendrick and Beyonce on the same track is definitely going to be something that the fans are going to love for either of those artists. Okay, now the final of the five tracks I'm going to be talking about is the only metal track. It's going to be the return of Bless the Fall with Wake the Dead. 
So this is their first new song in five years. They just announced that they're going to be playing the Blue Ridge Rock Fest, which was like their kind of return. Now, did I really miss Bless the Fall over the last five years? Not necessarily. I feel like their best days were like in the early 2010s. But Bo Boken was like always like a huge front man. Uh, he's married to Lights. He might still be married to Lights. I mean, and she was huge around that time too. Like they were a cool Instagram kind of metalcore band. Like I feel like people followed them and like their image definitely kept them prominent. And um, yeah, this is their first track in five years. But to give a little bit of background too, because like Bless the Fall is kind of an interesting band when you dig through it all. Like Craig Mabbitt was the original lead singer of Bless the Fall, and he ended up going on to be in Escape to Fate. And this was the switch up happened when Ronnie Radke, who's a lead singer of Now Falling in Reverse, got kicked out of Escape to Fate. A lot of people know the story. You know, Ronnie Radke went to jail, and then Escape to Fate ended up moving on later. They lost Craig Mabbitt, and then that's when Bo came in, and all of these bands ended up thriving. I'd say, of the three of them, Bless the Fall probably had the least mainstream success. Escape the Fate still plays some decently big shows, but like they're not as relevant as they once were. And then Falling in Reverse, obviously, is the band that is the most relevant of all of these. But we're talking about the return of Bless the Fall, and it's a pretty heavy track. It definitely starts off really heavy. And one of the things that they did was they put the bleh in the track, you know, like all of the metalcore bands are doing now. I don't think they ever bled before, but they did on this track. I, I mean, obviously, they're going with the trends of how this music's going now. And the song has some great breakdowns. Is it going to be super memorable? Probably not. Do I think that there's going to be any really super outstanding tracks in the future for Bless the Fall? Also, probably not. But it's cool that they're touring again so that people can still hear the old songs that they really liked and, you know, get to see Bo and the rest of the band up on stage. Now, if I was going to check any other tracks or things that came out in the kind of metal, hardcore, pop-punk world for this week, it'd probably be Incendiary's Change the Way You Feel About Pain that came out today. I didn't get a chance to listen to that one yet, but it's definitely still on the list. If you like hardcore, you definitely already know who Incendiary is. If you like Turnstile, Knocked Loose, any bands like that, and you're looking to kind of keep going in that direction... Definitely would suggest listening to Incendiary. Alright, and then finally, we have the album that we're going to talk about this week. Now, I feel like Dude's become such an enigma at this point in time. We are talking about Lil Durk, Almost Healed. Now, if you don't know anything about Lil Durk, if you start searching, I have a feeling you're probably going to get fascinated. I'll tell you a little bit, because there's a lot. And you could decide if you want to do a little bit more research for yourself. So he's from Inglewood, Chicago, and his dad got life in prison for, for this huge crack operation when he was like seven months old. And he was locked up with Larry Hoover. If you know about Larry Hoover, you know what I'm talking about. If not, I actually I did talk about him on my podcast for uh, the Grammy nominations for the top rap album of 2022. But anyway, even though Dirk's dad was always locked up, like, he had a pretty good relationship with him and call him almost every day in jail. And Dirk himself kind of started getting into the game hustling, like, in when he was, like, 10 years old. And he started OTF, which was his rap group, in 2010. That's when he started rapping. He went to jail on a weapons charge around 2010, too. And that's kind of when he started to take his music more seriously. Um, he got signed to Def Jam in 2013. So he's been in the game working for a really long time. And he really didn't blow up until around 2020 when, like, he had a feature with Drake. And, like, that's the huge moment where people that weren't, like, the underground fans of Dirk started to really notice him. If you don't know, that was a single called Laugh Now, Cry Later 
later, and then he was also featured on Drake's album Certified Lover Boy, which came out in I think 2021. He also was linked up with Chief Keef around 2013 when you know Love Sosa and all that shit had already come out. So he had the connections to really get himself in the right place with his music. But overall, Lil Durk is like the real deal when it comes to the things that he talks about in his songs. Like, and he gets really personal with the details of the things that he talks about. I mean, if you want to learn a little bit more about like the inside shit on what's going on with them, um, I check out the YouTube kind of documentary called Ghost of Oblock to learn. You know, I'm not going to get into all the details of this man's life. I don't know what really happened, but that would kind of be the rumor mill of it all. I mean, even on the second track of his album, like he says like something in regards to like YouTube not having his story right. So, you know, hearsay but that's what's out there and so it's kind of interesting with Dirk because he is so honest on his tracks and he really does give you a piece of himself in the things that he talks about and like it's some dark shit it's some stuff that it's crazy that he's admitting on tracks and it's mixed in with like some really accessible pop elements to certain songs on the album that just make it such a fucking crazy combo that he's talking about some of the stuff that he is and then we have a Morgan Wallen feature on the album like stuff like that just it's crazy to think about who's listening to these things that Dirk's talking about. Sorry, on to the album. Came out today, May 26, 2023. Almost healed. So the album opens up with a track called Therapy Session, which features Alicia Keys. And she's kind of like his therapist on the track. And she's talking about the death of his brother, which was last year. And then also King Vaughn, who was like kind of like his right-hand man. He was also part of OTF. Only for like the probably like last two or three years that he was alive you know him and Vaughn had like a murder charge that they were both facing together right before Vaughn died and um Dirk got off right after right after Vaughn's death and honestly it's really crazy how you know they were getting so popular but they were really just still out there doing all the things that they were still rapping about in all their songs but anyway in the track Alicia Keys calls him the leader of the rap industry and the voice of the of his community which is a name he's always gone by and I think that it really fits well when you think about how he personally talks about all of these people that he knows in all of his songs and the things that went down with them. The second track on the album, Pellicoat, is probably one of the best like solo Dirk tracks like it's a very good storytelling track he talks about a lot of things that were going on in his life it kind of goes with the therapy session track that's the videos are actually together for these two songs and he keeps it like really personal on the track some of the standout lines are he sends money to jails he sends money to funerals but he talks about how like he's still gonna go to hell like and he's remorsing for all the things that he had done throughout his life like there's some really hard fucking trap songs on this album but like at this point he's really thinking with the album title with almost healed and kind of going through and thinking about all of those things and reflecting on what he could do to better himself which is a perfect lead into the next track which is all my life featuring j cole and you know anytime j cole steps on a feature especially over like the last like four years like it's gonna be fucking dominated by j cole and he definitely delivers one of those verses where you're listening to the song because you want to hear cole um, the song has a really good music video. Check that out today. Um, Dirk admits that J. Cole completely bodied him on the track. I mean, it goes into the theme in probably even a little bit more of an accessible, like, mainstream way where he talks about regretting all of his choices. And then, you know, J. Cole just does his thing and he has some fucking sick lines in the track. Um, it's about, like, Dirk showing regret for his actions. And he only has one verse on the song. Um, besides from, like, the kid chorus that the song has, like, J. Cole is probably the majority of the track. After this song, the album kind of takes a turn a little bit, and he stops talking as much about, like, 
his regrets and more so goes to like the normal things that Derek talks about on a track and that's mainly through like never again put my ice on it where he talks about his brother that he lost um big dog and then there's never imagine with has future he's got a lot of huge features on this album and the future track doesn't disappoint um and then sad songs is probably about his ex india royal who i thought his relationship was pretty cool with on the song in the bible from certified lover boy dirt gives his like ex like a full shout out on it so like i kind of followed their relationship a little bit but they broke up since then and then there's um before farge is the next track i think it's farge is how you say it but that's probably one of the most trap songs on the album war about it with 21 savage definitely continues in that trend uh grandson is later on the album with kodak black kodak is seriously wilding on the track with some of the shit that he says about Derek on it going through some more standout tracks on the album uh cross the globe with juice world juice world's got a verse on the song and also the chorus of it the line of the song that stands out from dirk to me was that 50 said he wanted to shoot a movie and dirk told him that this shit is real like i'm assuming he means 50 cent and i mean that's just a crazy concept i could see that actually happening after that is a song called drew hill which kind of sounds like it was about his ex again it has a real drew hill vibe to it i thought the song was pretty good also really liked the song after that belt to ass um and then of course there's a song with uh morgan wallen stand by me towards the end of the album this is his second link up with morgan you know morgan got into his own conspiracies with uh some comments that he made early on in his career which morgan's actually from the voice which is really interesting like he got famous a long time ago or at least started to get acknowledgement and like his last two albums have been like complete fucking monsters in the country world i don't really like country music but like i do always find him to be like the one i would listen to if i would listen to country music and the chorus to the song is like pretty generic from morgan wallen like just in terms of being like would you stay with me like through anything but then like dirk has a really good voice in the middle of the song but overall like the song once again is like led by the feature like morgan wallen sounds really good on 808s dirk has a short verse in the song and it's probably going to be a hit like it really is better than the first time that they linked on broadway girls so i think that this is probably going to be the most accessible song on the album and it's fucking crazy like he's talking trap shit throughout an entire album and then it's going to have a hit song with a country artist and just go pop on it like that really is the thing that makes little dirk so interesting like you know i just saw his performance at dreamville and like he plays a lot of just the gang shit like you know if you went and you were just a mainstream fan of music like you probably wouldn't know any of the Dirk songs even though you knew who he was the album ends with the track called moment of truth which goes back to like the original vibe of the album and like the therapy session I think he did a good job of keeping the theme going throughout the whole thing obviously it had his moments where you know it went all track and you know maybe it was a therapy session and then he got right back into his shit but overall really good showing from Lil Dirk I think this will probably be the most commercial album he's ever put out and this has been another episode of Zach Attacks thank you for listening